Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's the Chris and Amy show today. No Amy. Nate Gatter is in. We're happy you're along for the ride today as we are approaching 2024. Um, it is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. We are joined now by our regular guest at this time, Chief Washington Correspondent for CBS News, host of the Takeout Podcast, host of Agent of Betrayal, the double life of Robert Hansen. It is Major Garrett with us this morning on KMOX. Good morning, Major. Good morning and good morning, Nate. Good morning, sir. See? Nate, Nate was all worried that you weren't going to be nice. <laughs> no, he would never. He would never be anything but nice to a fellow tiger. Exactly. Oh. I didn't even know that, but yes, I'm doubly nice now. See, uh, I've always said this, and maybe I said it to you too, Major, when uh, when we met last. But um, there's one thing about people from Mizzou Journalism School, uh, from Syracuse, and in some cases Northwestern. That they will, they cannot wait to tell you they went there. For obvious reasons, I, know, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's obvious schools. for Mizzou. It's, yeah. it's obvious for Mizzou grads. I'm not quite so sure why it's so obvious for Syracuse <laughs> and Northwestern grads. That's exactly but the right answer. Uh, first, best, and next. That is our motto. First, best, next. We are the first school of journalism. We're the best school of journalism. That's Don't right. take it from me. Take it from everyone who hires us. And we're always thinking about what comes next. So that's why we're so proud of it. <laughs> well, you should be proud. Mizzou is great. Good luck tomorrow in the uh, in the Cotton Bowl against the Ohio State. In the Cotton State. Bowl, right. yes. Yes, indeed. How excited Very are you? Very excited about that. Very excited about that. All right, Major mm-hmm. Major Garrett, let's let's talk about what happened yesterday with Nikki Haley. It's been getting a lot of discussion today mm-hmm. nationally. Uh, people are talking about it. She was on a radio show in New Hampshire trying to sort of uh, put out the fire a bit about her answer regarding the Civil War and what caused it and her reluctance to acknowledge slavery was part of the equation. What's been the reaction in Washington today, if any? Well, Washington is pretty much vacant right now. Most people are out of town. Uh, Congress is gone. The president's in St. Croix. But, and this is not a Washington, the importance of this conversation is not in Washington, D.C. The importance of this conversation is in New Hampshire and Iowa and nominally in South Carolina. And she said this morning on a New Hampshire-based radio show that slavery is the easiest part of the answer. Well, not yesterday. (laughs) Uh, I mean, come on, come on. And um, I just think it was it was a it was a moment that she made so much more awkward than she needed to make it. And we had uh, an embedded reporter there, meaning a, we have a reporter based in New Hampshire. We have a reporter based in Iowa. And then we have reporters who travel with certain of the campaigns. And we have a reporter who goes to every Haley event and reading all the emails uh, that our embedded reporter was sending last night. It was clear that Nikki Haley as a candidate tensed up 
the, the moment that question was asked, she tensed up. Well, why are you tensing up? This is not a tense question. Unless, unless, unless you're nervous about telling the truth to your audience. Why would you be nervous about that? I don't know. Maybe you're afraid that you'll be accused of becoming woke if you say slavery. And if that's where the woke conversation has come in Republican Party circles, and I'm not saying it is, but if Nikki Haley's anxiety and nervousness and tenseness about whether to wade into this was linked to that, then that's a, that's a window into what she thinks a Republican-based audience might or might not be willing to accept. That moment is as much about her as her trying to navigate what she fears might be a hostile reaction if she tells the truth. And I think that's why this is gaining traction, not so much because you know as governor of South Carolina, she doesn't not know the answer. That's not the issue. It's not like who's the leader of this country or do you know this particular geography or do you remember this thing about the set of that war in motion 60 years ago that is somewhat distant? It's not that she doesn't know the answer. That's not the question. Everyone knows she knows what the answer is. The question is, why was she hesitant? And what does that tell you about not only her set of political calculations, but what she might be fearful an audience would be willing to listen to? And I think that's why it's gained so much interest and attention. Major, considering, I think, the point that you brought up, which is a, a good one, that, that of all people, uh, someone who is governor of South Carolina is well acquainted with this kind of conversation. And with that in mind and the fact that the South Carolina's relationship with the Confederate flag was sort of a theme of mm-hmm. her cam- gubernatorial yeah. campaign as far back as 2010 and then post-Charleston shooting in 2015, her opinion changing on that, perhaps uh, perhaps understandably so. And so that was a theme for her in the past, which is sort of at least slavery adjacent. Are you surprised then that she was as unprepared as she seemed to be for how she wanted to handle this sort of question? That it clearly, as you said, made her tense up a little bit, made her a little bit nervous. Are you surprised, even if it was a little bit out of left field under the circumstances, that a candidate from South Carolina whose political career has been at times linked to this discussion of the South's legacy of the Confederacy and slavery wasn't more prepared for this question to come up at some point? It's, it's a great question. I think the simple answer is yes. It's important that she was not prepared. And this is something that I can tell you from experience, because I've been covering when they were competitive, the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary and the South Carolina primary, basically since 1996. And those three states, they get a lot of criticism because why so much attention? Why why do they have this disproportionate influence on the nominating process? That's a separate conversation. But the one thing that is true is all three states require, but especially Iowa and New Hampshire, this ritualistic process of going to these small voter encounters, you have to do it. And you're going to get any manner of questions in these encounters, any manner of questions. You'll get questions on the gold standard, believe it or not. <laughs> I've been hearing gold standard questions for 20 years. You know, <laughs> when are we going back to the gold standard, getting our, you know, I mean, you get questions on anything. You get questions on, you know, 20 years ago, UFOs, you get them now. They're a little bit more uh, current and topical than they were 20 years ago. But you can get a question on just about anything. 
And what's interesting about what happened yesterday is Nikki knows, Nikki Haley, the governor, former ambassador, knows she is well-positioned. She is moving. She is heading up, which is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It's a bad thing if you become fearful of that momentum, meaning you don't want to make any kind of mistake. And that begins to creep into your mind as a candidate. I've watched this over and over again. And that hesitancy is is about, again, she knows the answer. But why did she hesitate? Why did she tense up? Because she knows now the stakes are higher. The stakes weren't as high for her in August. They weren't high in September. They were barely high in October. They were slightly higher in November. They're highest now. The stakes are highest. She doesn't want to fumble. She doesn't want the grounder to go through her legs. She doesn't want to blow it. She doesn't want to miss the alley-oop. I'm using every sports metaphor. I can <laughs> Doing well. Uh, and that is part of it. And this is what happens when the spotlight gets hotter, the stakes get higher, and you are then trying to cling to something that you have that you do not want to slip away. And suddenly you lose your naturalness. You lose or you can lose. You don't always. But you can lose the things that got you there in the first place. And this is that testing moment for a candidate and a campaign how do you handle a moment like that well clearly she didn't handle it well so now she has to do the next most important thing and you said uh put out the fire clean up on aisle six whatever you want to say she's got to figure out a way to fix this and move on and regain whatever momentum she lost in this momentary fumble but that's what happens when you get in these races and you know you're getting better and you don't want to lose what you've worked so hard to achieve and in that moment she got hesitant and that's what these voters in new hampshire and iowa especially look for they want to pierce that that's why the questioner said when she asked her back or him i can't remember what do you think the cause was i'm not the one running for president i don't have to answer any of your questions you are that's why you're here and that's why we put you in this griddle so answer it you know, that was basically the, the tone and tenor. And it's in this m- minuscule little moment of testing that voters in Iowa and New Hampshire like to test these candidates because they get they know that it's a chance that very few other Americans get. Small rooms, few people, you get to look at them straight in the eye and you can put trust any question you want to them. And in that little cauldron, things can emerge. You can see inside a candidate in ways you might not otherwise. And whatever people are seeing from Nikki Haley today is different than what they were seeing because of that encounter yesterday. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that does end up affecting her. I think it, it, it's almost uh, it's kind of crazy that we're even talking about it because it just doesn't feel like she has a chance anyway. Um, against well, not in Iowa, President not Trump. in Iowa, not but, in she, Iowa. W- but she but she does. She in I New mean, Hampshire. We have our, yeah. our CBS polling. It's been matched by two other polls that suggest that she's getting closer. She's within single digits. Now, uh, every indication I have, and I was talking to a bunch of Republicans in Iowa yesterday, the expectation is that Trump will not only win, but he'll, his margin will be – not his margin, but his n- number will be 50 or higher. And DeSantis and Haley will be fighting for a very distant second, and they could be 20 – 25 maybe 30 points behind trump so what does that what does that do i mean do you do you go into new hampshire with any momentum from that i don't i doubt it but who knows so new hampshire is a place of interest 
And it's the place where she was gaining some traction. And that sense that I'm gaining traction in her mind made her a little bit different. And that difference, that, that, that tenseness is what you see when the stakes get higher. Who is um, on the takeout this week? So obviously this is a weekend in between holidays. And I wanted to have a show that was kind of aware of that. So I met a guy a few years ago named Alex Gamble. He was uh, part of the, a big family here in D.C. that owns a lot of parking lots. Not exactly the most interesting way to make money, but a very regular way to make money. He cashed out, took his money, and went someplace kind of unusual. He went to Burgundy, France. He became the only American to create and make wine, own land in France, and compete against generations of French and Burgundy French winemakers. And he had a smash hit. Did that for 25 years, sold out, made wine in Santa Barbara for three years, made a huge success there. And then in his mid-60s, he said, you know what, I'm going to be a ski bum in Wyoming. He's an interesting guy. He's written a book about his whole life in France, being a winemaker. And we spend most of the show talking about that, being an entrepreneur, figuring out how to be an American in France and wine business, and what you should have as you're preparing for the holidays, either New Year's or anything else. So we talk a little bit of wine and what to drink with what and in what volume and the difference between French and American wines, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a nice little holiday show. Well, great. We all need a nice little holiday show. We tried to do one, but then Nikki Haley said that. So <laughs> it turned into this. <laughs> yes. And again, it's not because she didn't know the answer. Of course she knows it. Yeah. She knows it. And that's what we, we said off the top is that it sucks that she feels like she can't alienate people. Why are there so many people who would be feel alienated by saying the Civil War was about slavery? It's just, it's nuts. <laughs> Why are there that many people who, who feel that way? And she may be wrong about that. But something told her. Oh, judging by our is... text line, it, she may not be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. But 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 that but that's 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 the prism. It's not yeah. that she didn't know the answer. You know, it wasn't like Bush when he couldn't remember who was in charge of Pakistan. You know, remember that the general. Yeah, <laughs> that's all Bush yeah. would say. W yeah. would say the general, the general. He wouldn't because he couldn't remember. It's not like that. That Listen, was a 2000 campaign, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Major, we will talk next week when yeah. Uh, yeah. things are rolling. And it's a new year. And it's a brand new year. Everything changes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you, See you guys. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 